Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job, by any means possible. And today, I'm bringing on a fantastic expert who has become financially independent multiple times, and in this time, he's going to walk us through how he became financially independent through his online businesses, and how you can do it as well. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We've already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence so you will never work for someone else again. And now, here's your host, Dustin Heiner. You know, it's absolutely amazing seeing how many people are becoming financially independent by creating an online business. Now, back 20 years ago, most people didn't even know what a website was, let alone how to make money with an online business. And now we have a fantastic opportunity to utilize an online business to really make money and make a difference in our lives financially. See, I started investing in real estate, and then from there, I started with online businesses because I knew that that is a new way to go. Basically, I love real estate, buying and holding on to land and physical properties. But at the same time, I am also accumulating businesses that are online as well. I think I have four online businesses right now that make me money and provide for my family. But then all the same time, all that money, I then funnel that into my real estate because that's where I buy and hold wealth. But you Where you are right now, no matter what you are doing, you can actually create an online business that makes you money, and our expert today is going to show us how he did it and how you can do it as well. And every single person has their own God-given talents and abilities and things that they're better at than other people. Let's say you love gardening, and that's your favorite thing to do. You're really, really good at it, or you might even just be mediocre. More than likely, you're better than other people who want to learn. If you create a website that's helping and teaching people how to do that, you're going to be able to make money either through ads or sponsorships or coaching or courses or things like that. And top of that, you could also do podcasts. You can have YouTube channels. There are so many different ways to make money. And our expert today is going to show us how he has done actually three different times financially becoming financially independent. And his third time around has done it with his online businesses. Now, I want to show you how you can invest in real estate as well as online business. Get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. Rental to 33777, and I will give you my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Show you how to build the business. Invest anywhere in the country. Make sure you're making a minimum of $250 a month in passive income. How to scale the business to quit your job. Get that right away so that you can learn how to invest in real estate. Now, let's jump into today's show where we're going to learn from our expert who has done this multiple times and has now sold his business and is doing fantastically well financially because he created an online business. Let's bring on the show Grant Sabatier as he's going to show us how he created MillennialMoney.com and built that to a fantastic business. Okay, let's do this. Grant, thank you so much for being on the Successfully Unemployed show. Glad to be here, man. It's been, we've known each other a couple of years. It's great to 
to finally you know dive deep like this. Absolutely, I I loved your story when I heard it a couple of years ago, and we started talking a little bit after some conferences and stuff like that, and got to know each other a little bit more. And I wanted to show your story to the to to my audience because. You're a normal person, just like me, just like your next door neighbor. Just somebody that's like, hey, this is what I've done. Let me show you how to do it, which is fantastic. So I'm really, really glad you're on. Now, I want to jump right into it. So how do you make money now to provide for your family, yourself and your family, without having that J-O-B, that just over broke job? Yeah, it's a great question. So it's important to note that um, I'm really in, I'd say, my third act of life. So I just turned 35. I feel like I've lived many lifetimes. And really, I'm in the mission-driven phase of my life. And we'll talk a little bit about how I got there. But really, money for me now is 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 really kind of a bonus. So I became financially independent uh, at the age of 30 by launching a digital ad agency. And then I started really my, my passion project, which was uh, millennialmoney.com to really share everything that I'd learned about personal finance and money. Um, through that process, starting in 2015, you know, I pretty quickly uh, realized that I wasn't just building a personal blog, I was building an online platform. And so when you think about making money online, a lot of people really kind of hyper-focus on one particular area. Maybe they wanna launch a course, maybe they wanna launch a podcast or a blog. For me, I viewed it all as a playground. So I'm going to get myself out there. I'm going to see what I enjoy. I'm going to see what opportunities open up. And that's one of the things, having too narrow of a focus often will hold you back, especially when it comes to making money online. So through millennialmoney.com over the past five years, I've made money about probably 30 or 40 different ways. Everything from uh, advertising to affiliate marketing, to course sales, to I had a membership site, to writing a book, to consulting, to speaking, to, I mean, everything you can name it. And a lot of that came pretty organically through building the platform and being open to the opportunities. So um, I kind of launched the site and wasn't making any money at all. And it was my passion project. After a year, I started making some decent money. And then I think I probably went too far too fast. I launched a membership area that was really overwhelming in a lot of ways. I launched two successful courses. And so now I'm actually at the phase where I'm scaling back a little bit because I really know what I enjoy doing. And for me, it's not about the money. It's about, do I like my life? Am I having fun? Am I growing? Am I being creative? And so I have a book deal with Penguin Random House. My first book came out last year, Financial Freedom. And then on the, the website side, uh, in, in the finance space, personal finance blogs are kind of dead. Um, that market's changed considerably since 2015. And so the most important thing that I've learned in business is everything's changing all the time. Uh, the most successful business people tend to be the ones who don't hold on too tightly to an idea. They're constantly able to adapt even when there's uncertainty and, and you know, figuring out how to be you know, comfortable with uh, being uncomfortable, I, I think is a good way to put it, and just continuing to adapt because especially in the online space, it changes so rapidly. And that's not, I'm not saying that to scare you in any way. That's actually a great opportunity for you uh, because things are evolving. There's always an opportunity to, to get in and, and carve out your own niche. But for me, it's about finding that balance between what I really love doing, even if it means making a little bit less money um, and, you know, continuing to 
love my life because at the end of the day, I, you know, an online business being successfully unemployed as you talk it talk about it, uh, it's about do you enjoy your life and is money helping you do that? Uh, it's not just about making as much money as possible because with anything, even with forms of passive income, there's going to be some form of trade off. Yeah, those are great points. And I would also add on to that I, I'm in the same boat. So I invest in real estate. I have 30 plus properties and I literally just don't have to work. But having fun is what I like to do. And I like doing business. And that's that's where I have fun. And that's why I started Master Passive Income, my other site, where I teach people how to invest in real estate. And then I started Successfully Unemployed because I was like, there's so many people that want to not work a job, that just overbroke job, but not everybody necessarily wants real estate. They want to do every, like there's so many different ways to do it. And so I thought, you know what? It's not not about the money. It's about helping more people because like, you know, just being a normal person, just like your the your neighbor next door, we're just helpful. Like, hey, this is what I did. Let me show you how to do it. So I think that's fantastic. Now, before you started the digital ad agency and then moved into millennialmoney.com and writing books and now having an, a summit where you actually have a conference, a big conference, all that stuff is great. Talk to us a little bit about before when you had, when, when you, I think you were, were you living out of a car or so there was something that was like not the best in your life. And then you built out of that and then you eventually went on your own. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, I'll give you the, the two minute, three minute backstory. So um, I grew up an only child. My parents came uh, from no money. They grew up very poor and decided to, to leave where they grew up and move to the suburbs of Washington, D.C., not knowing anyone. And so my parents, my my mother was a secretary. My dad cleaned office buildings. They kind of worked their way up. Um, but, you know, they they invested a lot in me in the sense that they gave me uh, a new opportunity. And so I always really felt that uh, d deep in me. Money was something that stressed them out uh, my entire childhood. So it was something that was always very present in my life. Um, I ended up you know, doing well in high school, uh, got some money for college and went to the University of Chicago where I studied philosophy. And we all know philosophy. I like to think I'm, <laughs> you know, very, very kind of analytical uh, person. And so it was kind of the perfect major for me, but um, really had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And so when you don't kind of know what you want to do and everyone's telling you, you know, what's your purpose or, you know, what's asking, what's your purpose? What's your why? You know, I think those are some of the most stressful questions that you could ask someone, especially when they don't know what it is. Um, and I felt uh, pretty lost. And so I graduated college, uh, you know, did fine, um, ended up applying to a bunch of different jobs. The first job I got was, you know, when you call an airline and they say this call may be recorded for quality assurance. I was actually the guy listening to those calls all day, which is terrible, as terrible as it sounds. And I feel grateful that my first job was, was that because our first sort of real job, because it made me never want to have a job like that again. Um, but didn't find the right fit. I bounced around four different jobs in about two and a half years, got laid off twice. You know, this is the Great Recession. And so at the age of 24, I actually had to move back home with my parents and start from scratch. Um, and so my parents who'd given me everything, here I was back home sleeping literally in the same bed that I slept in as a seven-year-old kid. And so that's where my journey began. And it was around this time that, you know, I saw that my parents were getting older I was obviously stressed about money. They were stressed about money. Their friends were stressed about money. I went to this cookout in the summer of 2010 with them and all their friends. And I was kind of like the adult kid that had to move back home. But I just listened to their conversations and everyone was talking about money and retirement. And I was like, gosh, why are we so obsessed with money? You know, what is it really? And so I put on, you know, my philosophy hat. 
and just asked that simple question, what is money? And started pretty systematically writing down everything that I'd been taught about money, or at least the big lessons, and then researching them and found out pretty quickly that a lot of what we thought about money as a culture, a lot of what I'd been taught about money was either incorrect or now so old school it's obsolete, or even when it was correct, it was designed to keep you on this hamster wheel you know, for the next 40 years. And so once I kind of uncovered all of that, uh, and I read uh, Your Money or Your Life by Vicki Robin, that was kind of the big mind-blowing book for me. Um, that set me on a trail to uh, try to make as much money in as little time as possible and invest it. So um, I had to build an entirely new skill set, taught myself Google AdWords uh, for free on Google, got certified by Google for free, and was off to the races, got a job at a digital marketing agency, and pretty much spent the next five years nonstop, either working, side hustling. Um, I launched two different companies. I invested upwards of 80% of my income the entire time, and so I could get my money growing for me. And it took me five years and three months to go from my parents' house to $1.25 million in investments, and that was in 2015. So um, that was all before I started the blog. And that's what I wrote the book about, Financial Freedom. It's about that five-year time period, what I learned about money, what I think holds us back when it comes to money. And then I did my best to answer that question, which I always got asked, which was, how exactly did you do it and how can I do it too? And so I really worked hard to systematically build out a process and a framework that anyone can follow, no matter where they're at, to 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 not do what I did necessarily, but at least get a lot more time and space and freedom in their life. Because there's a lot of regrets that I had as well about that journey. And I shared those too. That's great. And the yeah, the book is Financial Freedom. And it's very aptly named because what you do as you're going through the process, you're learning how to become free of having to worry about money. And I remember our first conversation that we had, um, we were at the end of the conference. My kids were getting busted for, you know, trumping up and or you know, running up and down the uh, escalator, and you know, the hotel staff was getting on them. And we were just talking about like how, and you were being much more like uh, philosophical than I, I imagine somebody like, uh, you know, ha having money and having sites. But you started talking about like philosophy, but also spirituality, and like you know, everything's really comes down to like it's it's much more than just more like tangible money, which I really appreciated. So that was really great. Now. As you were building up your new business, the business that got you, you stepped away from the digital ad digital ads company. Now you have millennialmoney.com. And talk to us about that because I completely agree with you that you want to have as men, like basically it's the same content. You're teaching the same content. Like I teach rental properties. And so with masterpassiveincome.com. I teach the same content every different way, everything from a podcast. I have another podcast outside of this one um, with books, my courses, my coaching, my YouTube, my my articles. I, I literally have as many places as I can to be as helpful as I can to as many people as possible. Talk to us about that start. Like you started with millennialmoney.com. I also do want you to share a little story about how you realized you might have something by somebody offering you money for that. But talk to us about starting that millennialmoney.com. Yeah, it's a great, great, great question. Um, so that origin story was, you know, I was obviously in the digital marketing space, so I knew it quite well. And I was passionate about personal finance. And one of the things that because I had enough money now, um, I actually didn't really think 
about launching millennial money, quote unquote, as a business at first, what it really was, and I've found just in life generally, if you have a stirring kind of an energy in you and a passion for something, uh, that that's where the good stuff is. And it doesn't mean that you should quit everything in your life, for example, and follow your passion irrationally, you know, if you haven't saved up a couple years of expenses. But for me, I had more than enough money. I had, um, you know, actually a very successful business. And so I actually walked away from a very successful business that I could have grown multiple times over. I could still be running it. But for me, um, it wasn't just about the money. You know, I realized that you know, I had all these employees and I just wasn't enjoying it. I wasn't happy. I wasn't, I was burnt out. I, um, you know, for me, I found that um, I'm happiest when I'm growing, when I'm challenged, when I can do the new thing. And so I finally realized it took me five years, but I had the freedom that I was craving all along. In fact, I had that freedom so much earlier on and I just didn't realize it. And that's an important thing that I try to teach is just, you probably have a lot more freedom in your life than you realize, or make sure that as you get it, that you take advantage of it. Because I probably should have launched Millennial Money in like 2012 or 2013, because I already had some of that freedom and I I, I didn't necessarily have to wait uh, as long as I did. But um, I'm a big uh, domain investor. And so I was always buying and selling domains. And so I bought Millennial Money uh, a few years before 2012, 2013 in a domain auction, pretty cheap. You know, I paid about 50 bucks for it. And so um, I knew that, okay, I really like obviously personal finance. If I'm ever going to launch a blog, you know, I thought this would be would be a really good name. And so when it came to 2015, you know, I'd spent so much time helping other people build their websites, but I'd never built one for myself. I never had a blog. I never wanted to share online. I wasn't active on social media. You know, I I, I never really felt like I had something to say uh, in the conversation. You know, I. I um, there's only so much time in the day and I just didn't feel like I had anything worth sharing. But once I became financially independent, I was like, whoa, I actually did that. I made it happen. All the people around me had questions. My friends had questions. I realized that I just learned an insane amount. And not only had I learned an insane amount, I'd read almost 400 books about personal finance and entrepreneurship. I'd, you know, it was like I got two PhDs in the subject and I had my own ideas. Like now I finally was like, okay, here is what I think is an easier, better way. Here's how I think I can contribute. So it really started with that pure of a motive. And then the first thing that I did before I launched it was I started looking around at what else was out there. And so um, I didn't want to just be, you know, another blogger sharing their story. I wanted to get the message. If I was going to spend the time, I wanted to get the message out to as many people as possible. And often financial, <coughs> excuse me, financial independence, financial freedom, um, you know, these are big topics. And so the idea of reaching financial independence in five years or retiring early, you know, or saving, you know, over a million dollars, that, that's a, those are massive goals. And I didn't want to just come out the gate with that. I wanted to meet people where they are and try to pull out and distill those most important pieces that had the biggest impact for me. So I wasn't gonna launch like a fire blog. Um, I wanted to launch something that was very shiny in terms of a brand that people could grasp onto. People, um, 
I, I, I knew pretty immediately that I wanted this to feel and seem bigger than a personal blog. And it was really funny in the early days, you know, it was just me and, you know, people would reach out, brands would reach out uh, and they'd say, you know, they, they'd think I'd have a 20 person team. They thought the site was so much bigger than it was. But one of the first things I did was I actually went to FinCon in Charlotte in 2015 and I didn't talk to anyone. Um, the reason that I actually went was to just survey the market to see what the opportunity was, who are the big players, who are the voices, uh, how are they doing what they're doing, what, what's the opportunity. Uh, and I used it as a market research opportunity because I think a lot of people dive too quickly into their passion. And even for me, if I, I knew, okay, if I'm gonna spend my, my time, this is my free time, now I don't have to work for money. If I'm gonna spend my free time doing this, you know, I want to make sure that it's worth it and I'm doing it the right way. So I spent, you know, a good three months thinking about this, researching this. And when I came back uh, in, in late 2015, it was very clear, okay, I'm going to create a personal blog, but with a shiny brand and I'm going to leave nothing left unturned. I'm going to be as open and vulnerable and I have nothing to lose. I'm going to share everything and all of my anxieties, all of my challenges, and I'm just going to be me. And that was really, really scary at first. But, um, you know, kind of a year in what started happening is, you know, I'd go through these spurts. And this is one of those things where you read all this about consistency is the key to success and, you know, just barrel down. One of the things that I'm terrible at is consistency, just in all areas of my life. Um, you know, I can't put out a podcast once a week to save my life, you know. But what's interesting is that, I tend to somewhat prolifically follow my energy and my passion. And so, you know, during 2015, I wasn't writing, you know, three times a week. Sometimes I'd write seven blog posts in one week and then zero blog posts. But what I was doing was just putting out an incredible amount of content in a somewhat disorganized way. And that actually became my asset. And so one of the things that I learned is that the entire world is often built around patterns and rhythms. So things are happening at the same time. And I actually went against that and it served me really well. And so I have a podcast, the Financial Freedom Podcast. I've only done 17 episodes. I'm sitting on about 40 yet to be released. But one of the reasons I only release them every month, every month and a half is, is one, because I'm lazy and I'm, I'm a perfectionist. And two, it creates scarcity. And that's one of those things where people really hunger for the content. And so I found out that principle and it started working really, really well for me. And then by mid 2016, uh, a couple of people started reaching out to me asking to buy the website. Um, you know, there were individual, individual people wanted the domain. Um, they saw that it was getting some traction and then uh, a private equity firm actually reached out because, because they wanted it as well. And so once that happened, I was like, okay, this is, this is bigger and can be bigger than I you know, even realized. And this is an important thing in any type of business is I think a lot of people get too, and money, and in money, they get too far ahead of themselves. They're like, how do I save or make a million dollars? Or how do I get here? Or how do I get a million podcast downloads? But there are steps to anything. And it's important to, as you get to each step, not only evaluate how well you're doing, but also how it makes you feel. And so that was one of the things where I started to get some traction. I also got some of these offers and I reflected on, okay, I enjoy doing this. I'm having fun. I see a bigger opportunity here. 
and always kind of listening to where you're at. And that, that for, for, you know, forced me to kind of double down. And so over the last five years of millennial money, there's not a consistent posting schedule. You know, the, the, the blogs evolved four or five times. I consider business kind of like seasons where I had my really, really hard foundational. Here's my first 250 posts. I'm grinding. You know, then I actually had to take some time off and then I launched a podcast, you know, and it's this very fluid approach where I, A, I haven't burnt out. I haven't, you know, uh, B, it's allowed me to try a lot of different things and then C, um, you know, it's, it's, it just, it keeps it really interesting. Cause at the end of the day, that's really, really important too. I know a lot of successful entrepreneurs who they either burn out or they just get tired of doing what they're doing, or they just don't hang around long enough to be successful. Um, because right now, you know, you think, you know, my book was a bestseller. It's in 12 languages. Um, you know, and, and, and people are like, Oh, you know, you blew up or this all happened so fast. And it's like, no, I've, I've literally written over a million words about money. Uh, and, and, and the only way that you can do that logically or sanely is, you know, being interested and passionate about a particular topic. I don't know why I'm so interested in personal finance. I don't know where it comes from, but I just am. I mean, it gets me excited. It's what I think about. You know, it's something that I still read a ton about. Now I'm in the phase where I can support other writers who are doing it, which is even more fun in some cases than writing myself, because you can see all the different voices and the up and coming people. But um, yeah, I mean, that that's really kind of the origin story of the site. And since since 2015, now over 30 million people have been to the site. Um, you know, we're at almost a million visitors a month. It continues to grow. It's evolved a lot. Now I've got, uh, you know, many different writers and, you know, like anything, uh, it's gotten bigger and it does take uh, more of my time. And so I'm, I'm constantly thinking about how do I continue to build this into my life and not let it take me over. Cause that's the thing about making money online. You could spend 24 hours a day. There's always something it. to do. Yeah. Always something to do. Um, and the, the, the key is how do you do a few things really well? How do you adapt and how do you also just let go a little bit so you can focus on the long game because the impact um, that where I am now is is based just as much around the the passion that I had um, as as well as just keeping at it and adapting and um, you know I, I probably would have burnt out if I posted three times a week every week you know there's there's some bloggers out there that that I really look up to um, that have done that for years and some of my heroes some of my blogging heroes you know in the past year and a half I've been able to leap over them in terms of traffic and reach. Um, and I think, and I wasn't more disciplined and I've been doing it in half the amount of time. And, and I attribute the only way that I've been able to, or one of the reasons I've been able to do that is because, you know, I'm able to keep it fresh and interesting for myself. You know, I just launched a YouTube series yesterday, uh, with Jamila Souffrant called the money collective. And that's something that just came out of a conversation she and I were having. And I was like, let's, let's do a YouTube series. And she's like, yeah, let's do it. You know, and something as simple as that can keeps it fresh for me and interesting. I don't know how I'm going to grow it, how I'm going to scale it. Um, YouTube's one of those those platforms that I'm interested in, but I the ROI it takes just so much time to build something big. But I was really interested in the conversations that we were having 
So I was like, let's just get this out there. We'll see what happens. So I, I think it's fantastic. Now the direction that you have taken the business and you've reached out and you've done so many things for everything from number one, starting millennialmoney.com and then writing so much content and putting it out there. And I mean, if you started back in what, 2012, 2015, and you know, started building from there, it's not like it's overnight success. I mean, you've worked your tail off to get there. And now you're branching out to where you're, like you said, having the YouTube channel or, or the, the series that you're having. And on top of that, writing the book, having courses, all this stuff. And you know, I liked how you said you're scaling back to fit, you know, like you figure out what's working the best for you. Um, then you're also having a conference. Now, if somebody listening to this would say, you know, I see what Grant is doing. It's a fantastic um, opportunity. I want to be where I have my own conference. And like, that's the end goal is having a conference. And then let's scale back or uh, walk backwards from there. So the end goal is conference, walk back to where then I have um, a lot of influence, I also write a book. I have courses. I'm helping people. I have my site. I have a podcast because I completely agree with you. I'm also the same of the same mind where if I did once a week or three times a week posting an article, I would just go nuts. Like it's, it's just not in me. I have like uh, a season, like you said, I just get a bunch out all at once and then I take a break and that's just what happens. But if somebody were to start, is that the best way to go? Like, what's the first way to start if they want to eventually get to where they have a conference and they're influencing lots and lots of people? Where should they start? Wow, wonderful, wonderful question. Um, I think a lot of people start in the wrong place. Um, I think they see, you know, a path that someone like maybe I've taken, or you know, someone even a lot bigger like a Tim Ferriss, and they're like, "I'm this is how I'm going to go." And there's there's all these books about how to become you know an influencer, build an online brand, and they all tend to be very similar, which is like create all this stuff. You get the Gary V model, it's just like create, you know, just get as much content out there as possible, and that worked really well for Gary V and continues to work well for him because he had such an early mover advantage. But now we're at a point where there's a saturation of content, so there's so many podcasts, there are so many um, voices. Um, and that doesn't mean there's still not an opportunity, but the most important first step without a doubt is find your voice and finding your voice, um, is both easier and maybe harder than you think. Uh, it, it's like anything, it just takes some time. And so when I first started blogging, I sounded like everyone else, like e even, you know, I, I like going back and reading what I wrote, it's, it's like, uh, uh you know, like it, it's funny, it's fun. It's like. Um, you know, you don't even recognize that person. Um, and it's like anything else you got to put in the reps. And so, um, you know, what makes a writer? It's someone who writes. I mean, what makes a pod? It's someone who podcasts. Uh, what, you know, you, you continue to get better the more you do anything. And it's easier to do that if you're really passionate about it. And the other thing is people, especially now, people are smart. You know, they can see through the, through the crap. They can see when people are faking it. They can see, uh, you know, who, who the real deal is. And so the only way to be that is to truly be yourself, to leave it all on the floor and to pick and choose when you do something. And so, you know, I think about the book, you know, um, just because it's, it's the biggest, you know, kind of uh, professional achievement in my life. It's pretty easy to go out and write a book. You know, you can go self-publish a book. You can get editors. You can get a designer. You can go pump one out. I mean, people pump them out all the time. Very, pretty easy to write a book. 
extremely, extremely difficult to write a good book. Extremely difficult. Those are two different things. And so for me, you know, I went in thinking, you know, that, okay, I'm going to write this book. I've written all this on the blog. I've become a better writer. And man, you know, I got this book deal with Penguin Random House. And the first 30,000 words I sent my editor, she literally wrote back, I don't know if you can do this. Ouch. And yeah. And, and I mean, I needed to hear that. It was, mm-hmm. it was, it was true. It was true. Um, and it's like anything else. It's, it's, I realized that I just, I didn't know how to write a good book. And so I had to figure out how to try to write a good book while writing the book while, uh, you know, I mean, it was, it was immensely, immensely challenging. And this is the thing that I realized through that process at the end of the day, you know, say in 50 years when, you know, I'm on my deathbed and I'm looking back at my life, you know, what, what am I, what am I going to, what, what would I regret, you know? And it's not how well the book did or didn't do. Of course, I wanted to have the biggest impact as possible, but all that I can control is hopefully looking back and remembering that I did the best that I could with the time that I had, even, even when, you know, of course there were people looking over my shoulder because I had editors and those things. But at the end of the day, you create your own measure stick for your life, you know, and there wasn't someone sitting here looking over me at my computer as I was, you know, writing late. And so I I wanted to leave it all on the floor um, and that's all I could do. And so, you know, I think like a lot of things in life that comes down to, where do you start? You know, are you leaving it on the floor? Are you honest with yourself about is this working or is this not working? Are you enjoying it? Yes, being an entrepreneur is hard and it sucks sometimes. You got to get through those things. But if it's really hard and you don't like your life, then it's time to pivot or reevaluate. You know, I see a lot of people that it's just volume, 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 volume. But finding your voice and the only way to do that to start getting stuff out there, getting feedback, reacting to it, adapting, seeing how it makes you feel. And then at the end of the day, you know, we're talking about content creation. This is all about connecting with people. Um, we're all struggling in our own lives. Life is hard. It's really, really hard uh, for some people. It's getting harder. Uh, you know, we're living in a really you know, challenging, increasingly challenging time that there's an incredible opportunity to do what you love and, and share uh, you know, your perspective. Um, and that's what people want to connect with. And if they connect with you, you know, that connection goes both ways. You know, me as a writer, the only reason I'm a writer is because people read, uh, you know, what I'm writing. And then that relationship is formed, uh, you know, between between that content. But finding your voice, being honest, is, is really the first step, in, in, in my opinion. I think it's fantastic. I completely agree. And I want to touch on something and make sure everybody gets this, that in order to find your voice, you have to start using your voice in order to, to hone it and to shape it and to figure out that didn't work. That did work. Get rid of what didn't, keep what did, and keep moving forward. Because if you never get started, you're never going to grow. So I love the idea of finding your voice. Now, once we find our voice, let's say we 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 know we love talking about let's say i'm i'm a guy so i'm going to think barbecues right, but if a woman might be talking about uh, plants or you know what i'm not sure exactly what anybody else would pick but they they pick something and they're going to niche and we know we've heard many times that you want to niche down you don't want to be so broad that nobody knows exactly what you're talking about so we find our voice um, we start maybe going after a niche like what's what after we find our voice we have we've started writing things and we're passionate and we know what we know that we're passionate about this, we keep moving forward. What would you say is the next step that we should go down? 
Yeah. And so, yeah, great, great, great question. It's important to note that um, you're always going to be finding your voice. It's always going to be changing because at the core of life is change. And that's one of the most important things as well, as we often try to hold on really, really tightly to not only who we think we are, but what we think that our business should be as well. And so being able to continue to adapt. And so let's get back to that niche question. Um, at the end of the day, you shouldn't find a niche. You need to let the niche find you. Um, and that that comes down to testing a few things that you think might work and seeing how you feel and seeing if you enjoy it and then mixing that. So pairing that type of a, how do I feel research? Do I enjoy this? Is this fun um, with very practical and realistic a, a realistic assessment of the opportunity? And a lot of people, they, they, they don't do either of those things or they do one thing without the other. And what I mean by that is you have to spend however much time you're comfortable with researching the opportunity. And so what that means is reading all the blogs about the topic that you're interested in getting into, consuming all the best books, thinking about how your angle could be different. Why would someone even read your book as opposed to someone else's? I mean, there are, you know, hundreds of thousands of personal finance books that get published every year. How am I going to stand out? How am I going to be different? What do I have to say? What's my angle? What's my positioning? Um, and that takes some work. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be hundreds of hours, but spend 20, 30 hours reading other people's websites and books and content and then think very, okay, here's my voice. Here's my story. Here's my lane. And um, is there an opportunity here? Can I stand out in a crowded market. And so when you mix those two things together, um, I mean, let's say real estate podcasting, as you're talking about, who needs another real estate podcast? There you know, are thousands like, what, of them. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's your angle? Um, what's, what makes you different? Who's your, who's, who's your avatar? You know, you hear a lot about that in marketing speak. I think there's an over-focus often on that. Like who's your ideal listener? If I had just thought about who my ideal millennial money reader was, I probably would have thought too narrow. You know, now I get emails from 13-year-olds and 75-year-olds. And I mean, it's all across the game. People I never would have expected would read or listen to my content uh, all over the world. I mean, just, you know, you, you don't want to think too small as well. And that's the important thing about the niche. I, I, I think sometimes people niche down too quickly. Um, so the best advice I can give is if you want to start creating content, if you want to start getting out there, get out there. I mean, just get out there, see how you feel, adapt. You can always delete a blog post. You can always delete a podcast. You can always pivot. You can always start over. Um, maybe even if something is successful, but you don't enjoy it, you can also pivot as well. Um, and so you got you just got to get out there. I mean, it's taking that first step. Re connecting with other people is probably the third piece. So you talked about finding your voice, doing the research, what's your angle, what's the market opportunity? And then finally, third, connecting with other people who are doing it. And so this is easier to do in other industries, certain industries, but really at its core, um, if you're passionate about a topic, you're going to find other and you reach out and you seek other people who are passionate about it. Naturally, you know, those people are going to want to talk to you. And so, you know, I could say that all the personal finance blogs out there are my competitors, but they're not. You know, there's so much opportunity. There's so much need. There's so many people searching for this that, in fact, collaborating with other people 
learning from them as well as helping them as well has, you know, is going to have a net positive effect for you. Um, and that's why I think a lot of people, they stay, you know, too close or, you know, maybe they're too afraid to reach out to others. Um, but you'd be surprised at even how many people email me and they're like, Hey man, I'm just getting started. I love what you do. And then sometimes I'll email them back. You know, it's just, you don't know who's going to respond to you. Uh, but you know, you obviously you miss all the shots that you don't take and you don't try. And so if someone's truly passionate about something and I can tell that they're working on it, uh, and they reach out to me, uh, you know, a couple of times, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm much more apt to respond to them. So if you're hungry, you're really, really hungry, um, you know, and you're very honest and you're open, you know, that, that really shines through people, people can see that pretty quickly, especially people that have already been on that path. Um, you know, that's why I'm so excited about helping some of these other writers, many writers who are actually older than me, but are in the money space. It's been super fun to help them because I can see how passionate they are and how unique their voice is. And the only way that I can see that is because I've gone through it myself. You know, it's like being a basketball player and looking at a basket, you know, being like a professional and looking at someone in college, you can very quickly tell the people who have potential. Um, and then there's just this natural desire, I think, in all humans to help others. Um, and that becomes fun because then you're not alone on the journey. Because often if you're alone on the journey, you know, and you're in your basement, and you have your podcast mic and, you know, sometimes creating content gets really, really, really lonely. Um, and then the last piece is just, just think about the long game. You know, you're not just building a business, you're building your life. And so that for me too, writing the book took about 2,800 hours. So it took an insane amount of time. A lot of that time I was on the eighth floor, the seventh or eighth floor of the Harold Washington Library in downtown Chicago. It was like me and, you know, homeless people during the middle of the day. Um, and I was just grinding it out, man. I, you know, I was at a co I'd wake up, go to a coffee shop at 5.30 a.m., the library opened up at nine. Then I'd be at the library from nine till one. I'd go out and get some lunch, come back, be at the library till four, and then try to work a little bit more. And I did that, you know, every day for, you know, over a year. And most of the time I was alone um, and I wasn't blogging and I wasn't podcasting, um, but I made the selective choice. Okay. You know, this is the deep work. This is, um, you know, at the end of the day, I actually haven't read Cal Newport's deep work, but I think I get the general gist is at the end of the day, you know, when you think about anything as a pyramid, anything that's harder to do, there's just going to be fewer people up there. Um, and I, and I really, I really agree with that, that idea. Cause for the book, I was like, man, I've really got to take, you know, a whole year off blogging um, because I, I, I couldn't put my best into both realms. And that's an important thing as well. You might have to, it's all trade-offs. You might have to do one thing uh, really, really, really well because that's going to be that one thing that sets you apart and then has a compounding impact over time. So that's the thing too. writing a book, you know, you're doing it once, but you know, now every moment of every day, there's a hundred people somewhere in the world listening to or reading my book. So that one time effort now ripples into the universe consistently. Um, and that creates not only, you know, great energy, but um, you know, it allows other, it opens up other opportunities you know, to do things uh, that, that, that then compound over time.
That's great. And I completely agree. And in fact, all the all the things you've been saying, that's really how I view business. Everything from like the avatar. I've never liked that word, like find your one avatar and talk to that one person. I'm like, that just doesn't work for me. I know my niche is rental properties. I like, that's all I talk about. I talk about flipping, wholesaling, right. just rental properties. And then from there, all I do is I just keep uh, delivering the content over and over again. I love your idea of working with people, working with other people in the space. Cause I originally thought this was a competition. Like I can't talk to somebody else in the real estate space or anything like that. And then I realized how stupid that was. This world is huge. And no time in the history of the world in the world has it been so amazing to start a business because of the online space. It's you reach so many people. And that's where you and I met. That was my first conference I've ever been to for business was at FinCon where you and I met. From there, my business has grown leaps and bounds just by working with other people, seeing what's working for them, helping other people. I get better as I help more people. So I completely agree. So Grant, those are those are fantastic. So everybody that's listening to this or watching this on YouTube, absolutely, you need to figure out your voice. You also need to figure out your niche. And I completely agree. Sometimes we, we we need to figure out exactly how our niche is. And then at the same time, you know, be working with other people. But man, Grant, you give us so much great content, so much great insight on how to do this business. You can I can see how thoughtful you have in building this business. You know, the millennialmoney.com as well as writing the book. And then now your event that big conference is coming up. And um, I'm really, really excited to hear that. Now, You've given us so much stuff, but let's jump into the rapid fire round. Are you ready? Let's do it, man. All right. So the rapid fire round, broad questions. You should be able to get these pretty easily. Hopefully we have a little bit more time after we quit our job because we're financially independent. How are you giving back or how are you, how are you making the world a better place or the people around you? Like, what are you doing to serve and help other people? Yeah. I mean, literally everything that I do is designed around serving other people. And so that's where I mentioned a little earlier on. I never knew what my passion was or my why was or had a purpose. I just had to create the time and space for it to show up. And so once, you know, I left the corporate world and started the blog, you know, by 2016, I was getting those emails, you know, you helped me do this. You helped me do that. You helped me, you know, inspire me. I get these all, all the time now. And those emails, you know, just fill me with so much more joy than even making the money. And so I found that, kind of doubling down on the mission um, and continuing to you know, serve it. And that mission is very simple, make financial freedom available to everyone. And as long as I wake up every day and I'm looking you know, through the lens of that uh, when I'm evaluating opportunities, it hasn't steered me wrong yet. Um, and that's an important piece as well because don't just chase the money, chase um, what you enjoy. And it's funny, even listening to you talk about millennial money and your business and your business. Yes, they're all businesses. Yes, I have a PL. Yes, you know, uh, you know, I file a tax return, but I actually don't even think about them as businesses at all. And when you when you when you say that, I kind of get like a, you know, like a, oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, I, I view it as my life. You know, it all it all fluidly fits together. Um, I'm not thinking about how do I maximize profit. I'm thinking about how do I maximize impact and how I view that are things like obviously website traffic, book sales, um, you know, all of those things. Uh, and so that's that's important as well as just going back to that idea of creating your own measure stick for your life, how I've built mine. Sometimes it has to do with money and sometimes 
you know, it doesn't. Okay. So the next question is, if somebody were to get started, what's the piece of advice? If they say, you know, I'd like to be doing what Grant's doing, influencing people, helping people, what's some advice that you would give them to get started? One of the things that I wish that I would have done, and I think this would be just a good, a good place to start, is, is just try to think about what you want your life to look like in five years. And then think about, you know, it's hard to kind of say that and then reverse engineer the process, but think about, you know, what would an ideal day look like? What, 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 why? And then once you do that, then dig into why do you want those things? Because we often want more money or we want more success or we want more fame because we think it's going to solve some problem or it's just how we're wired, but we haven't actually dug into why do we want those things? Um, and there's actually a really incredible Tim Ferriss post um, that if you have show notes, you should link to that came out, uh, you know, yesterday, which was about the kind of the perils of fame. And that's, I mean, it, it was a great post I read this morning. And Tim Ferriss is really right on the money. You know, um, I've had to deal as my influence has gotten bigger. I've had my bank accounts hacked. I've had my phone numbers stolen multiple times. Uh, I've had threats. I've had um, you know, my online life hijacked. I've had impersonators. I've had my identity stolen, um, all from just being online and visible and, and trying to help other people. And so thinking about why, why are you doing what you're doing? Because at the end of the day, um, with increased influence comes not only increased uh, opportunity, but increased responsibility. And then just things that you can't even imagine. Um, you know, you would you would have to deal with, and so think about what kind of life you want, and um, think 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 about whether you actually, you know, a lot of people want fame, and there's a really great Bill Murray quote, which is like, you know, fame's really helped me. You know, it's helped me get into a couple of restaurants, and you know, that's about it. Um, a lot of people, you know, what they what they want is just validation. They want to be heard, and they want to be seen, and from a content creator perspective. I can tell you now having reached millions and millions of people, it it feels great and I feel like I'm having a massive impact, but the feeling isn't much different than those first emails that I got from people, um, you know, thanking me for helping them. And so impacting a thousand people versus impacting, you know, say millions of people, it feels the same. Um, and to get to a million people, it might not be worth the effort and it might not be worth the challenges and it might not be worth the added headache. And so think about why you want what you want. And at the end of the day, for me, it came back to freedom. I can get up every day. I can do what I love. I can meet amazing people. I can continue to write. Um, I'm really excited about writing another book, continuing to grow in that way. And so, um, you know, the, the, the five-year-old me, uh, you know, in my, in my sandbox in the backyard is, is pretty happy right now because I can, I can do that every day just with a larger sandbox and more tools and more sand and a whole lot of really cool friends that I can hang out with. That's great. And I, I agree. The bigger I build my business is because I reach more people and I help more people. And like you said, you get to hang out with more people. It's, it's just more fun to be around people that are of like mind and stuff. So I, I, I completely get that. Now, next question. If you were to go back and give your younger self any piece of advice, it could be business, it could be life, whatever it might be, what would it be? Chill out, man. Chill out. Seriously. Um, I was actually thinking about this this morning where 
you know, I, I thought, I thought back this morning and I, you know, I opened the fridge and I was getting ready to make some eggs and, you know, I realized just kind of how full my fridge was and, you know, there's all the foods that I enjoy and, you know, my dog came up and bumped up against me and, you know, it was, it's just a really, you know, the way the light was coming into my kitchen and I just was just overwhelmed with this sense of fullness of um, this, 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 I have everything that I need. Uh, and it just kind of came over me like a wave. Um, and, you know, it was, it was, it was so beautiful. And then the next thought was like, why was I so stressed out for all those years? Why was I so, so worried? And it's one thing, stress is good if it drives you and if you're hungry, but it's a fine line um, between when it's really toxic. And I think like, you know, I'm really predisposed to stress and anxiety. And, um, you know, I, I would just tell my younger self, chill out. Um, life has a way of working out. Um, there's a really amazing, amazing, one of my favorite quotes that just, just sticks with me is in the Amy Winehouse documentary, incredible documentary, you know, Tony, Tony Bennett, who was, uh, you know, a huge Tony Bennett here, 95 now still singing, you know, uh, you know, he, he, he gave this great quote about if Amy Winehouse would have just stuck around for a few more years, he said, you know, life really teaches you how to live it. And I, and I couldn't agree more with that is that, you know, when you're 25 or even 35 and you'd say you're just starting out on your journey, um, there's this anxiety of, am I too late? Um, am I enough? And for me, I, I had that. I really, really had that. And, you know, I thought that success was about money um, and about, you know, just money and hitting the goals. But in reality, for me, it was about it was about finding peace in my life. And, you know, you can do that with a lot less money than I had. Maybe you already have what you seek. You just, we're, we're so busy in our life. And, you know, when you're stuck in your life, there's just no space for anything else to, to show up. And in a lot of cases, we're our own worst enemy because the reason we're stuck is because we're the ones filling our lives with stuff that just isn't fulfilling us. And so I just tell myself to chill out and enjoy the journey and life's going to teach you how to live it. And your twenties are crazy and they're crazy for everybody. And it's hard. And life's always hard in your thirties, you know, your friends start dying and those things start happening and people get sick. And it's like anything in life, you know, there's, there's always going to be that struggle and that suffering, but yeah. uh, you know, if you're not enjoying the journey. Definitely having perspective. I mean, that's one great thing about I, getting old is not all great, but there is one good thing. You have perspective. You can look back and see where you've come from, but then you can appreciate everything that you have, especially you worked hard now. I'm, I just turned 40 recently. And so, you know, realizing, man, my 40s are going to be great because everything I did in my 20s and 30s, I worked hard. And I agree, chilling out, it would have been helpful if I would have done that because I was just, I was going 100 miles an hour. But now all that stuff now is paying off now. So I, I, I love being, I love the thought of chilling out. So from there, what is one tool, app, um, so it could be a, a piece of paper and a pen. What, it, what would, should we use in our life that helps you that we can apply in our lives? Number one thing that's had the biggest impact for me is I'm just going to grab it. The Walden meditation mat, Walden meditate, Walden.us. Um, and so for everybody quick. watching this, he put, picked up this bag that has the a meditation mat inside of it. No, no, that's the actual mat. Oh, that's, the, that's, the, that's the, I just sit on that. Oh, so got um, it. one of the, one of the things, you know, uh, everyone says meditation. It's great. It's great. I've been meditating for quite a while. 
but I didn't know meditation until I actually got, you know, my own meditation set up. And so I travel with that thing. Um, you know, I try to do 20 minutes a day. Sometimes I do an hour a day, man, my mind blowing impact, just obviously around, you know, just stress and not only stress, we spend all of our lives kind of looking out and moving, just taking some time to look in and recalibrate the stuff you find, you realize that you're so much bigger than you thought that you were, that a lot of the things that you think that you want, you actually don't want, you just think you want them because other people do, or the world tells you that you should. And the more control that you can get over your mind, I always say that freedom is about freedom of mind. I mean, that that's really at its core. Um, and anything in life and in business, the more control that you have over that, as well as the more your ability to let go. And that's something that's probably the biggest lesson that I've learned is once I started, you know, not both caring, but not caring as much, then new things start showing up. And so you might just be holding on too tightly to this version of yourself or this version of your business or this identity that, that, that you've built your entire life on. But in reality, it's that holding on too tightly, which is holding you back because then you can't move on to the next thing. And so a lot of people really fear change and not knowing, but that's where the juice is. You know, that's even if it's scary and uncomfortable, not knowing is actually the most powerful thing in life. It's not knowing, um, you know, we always think that knowing is kind of the answer. But for me, I find that not knowing when I don't know that tends to be where the good stuff's going to happen because things that I couldn't even imagine start showing up. So get a meditation mat. Start meditating. Yeah. And honestly, a lot of people are like, oh, my mind is all over the place. And, you know, they call it monkey mind. That's great. Just sit there and let your thoughts follow your thoughts. You don't even have to think about nothing. A lot of people think meditation is just clear your head and think about nothing. No, you can think. In fact, you can do some of your best thinking. But the idea is to not fixate on something. Let your thoughts wander. Don't hold on to something too tightly. And what happens is your mind starts to take you in places that you've never been before. And the more that you do that, it's like anything, you start to get more comfortable and you get more control over your mind, which um, just has had a massive, massive impact in so many areas of my life. That's great. Now, last question. What is one nonfiction book that we should read outside of financial freedom, which we'll put that in the show notes. I wish oh, yeah. reading that. What's one, because you read hundreds and hundreds of books. What's one that we should read? Probably one of my favorite is The Art of Living is one of my favorites. This book, man, is just a masterpiece. The Art of Living. Art of Living. So Thich Nhat, yeah, Thich Nhat Hanh, he's in his 90s as a Vietnamese yeah. monk. Uh, you know, Martin Luther King nominated him for the Nobel Peace Prize back wow. in the in the 60s. Um, he's written, Thich Nhat Hanh's written probably over 50 books. And this is his last book because he had a stroke a couple of years ago. And it is just pure magic. I mean, absolute magic. So read The Art of Living by Thich Nhat Hanh. Um, you know, even if you have no interest in Buddhism, it's not even like a Buddhist book. It's just, here's my thoughts on living. You know, here's a guy who literally, you know, has helped tens of millions of people and, you know, spent his entire life dedicated to others. And that book is just so alive. Awesome, man. Um, the Art of Living. Very cool. Yep. Well, good. Well, Grant, you give us so much great insights and wisdom. If somebody wants to reach out to you or find you online, how can they do that? At Millennial Money C-O-M, uh, at Millennial Money Com on Instagram, uh, at Financial Freedom on Instagram. Those are two good places to connect with me. I tend to spend a ton of time 
uh, responding much more time responding to Instagram uh, messages than I do email. If you email me, I won't ever see it. Um, so Instagram is a great way to connect with me. Uh, you can check out Financial Freedom, uh, my book. Uh, just you know, search it on Amazon. Um, it's the bright blue book or financialfreedombook.com. And then, yeah, those are the best places to to reach me um, and and check out my work. I also have a podcast called Financial Freedom. I've interviewed Tony Robbins and James Clear and you know some really incredible people around this intersection of money and life and mindfulness. And you know we go really deep on all these topics. You can hear me go hard against James Clear around him why I'm anti habit. It was a lot of fun fun episodes. Um, there. So those, those are a couple good ways. Awesome. Grant, it's been fantastic. And I'm glad we got to catch up again. Thank you very much for being on the show. I am super excited to have you. So again, thank you very much. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses, group coaching with me, and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. That's R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. So you can see how you can quit your job, that J-O-B, by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show? Well, I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. Or if you just go to YouTube and type in successfully unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successfully Unemployed on YouTube and wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successful, unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya.